Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. This week, game designers Peter Gusis and Michael Kelly will review a cooperative game and have a related design discussion. Hey, I'm Peter, and I'm here with Mike. Hey, everybody. We didn't quite fit it into 2020, but here in our first episode of 2021, we are going to be doing our top 20 games from last year, specifically the 20 games that we covered, uh, Peter and I talking about them, or games that were covered by Steve, but Peter and I both played them, and focusing specifically on the co-op of them. So which of them are the best co-op games of the ones we covered? Yeah, you know, we've done this list since the beginning. I guess this is our third, fourth time. I don't even remember at this point. Yeah, it it feels like fourth, maybe, I want to say. Yeah, because I guess we did do it that first partial year. So this is our fourth time doing this. And I've never had as much of a difficult time doing this list as I did this year. It was a really hard year for me. First of all, we covered a big variety of games. Like, how do you compare Team 3 to, like, Wanderer or Aftermath? (laughs) I mean, it's really kind of strange. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Like, it was very tough to go with, like, the kind of family weight games and, like, the very heavy games. The other thing that was tough for me, I'm not sure if this was as much of an issue for you, but there are a lot of games on this list that I love in a play mode that is not (laughs) co-op. You know, for many of them, it's, it's solo or maybe competitive, but... Yeah, there are a lot of ones on here that are great games that I'm like, oh, but do I really want to play that co-op? It was definitely a challenge for me to rank them appropriately. I feel pretty good about my top four, but even there, I mean, I feel like there could be, I feel really good about my top two. How about that? But after that, (laughs) like, I mean, my number three could be my number 20 next year. I don't know. Like, it's it's a really weird list. It's a really weird year. So I feel like even if we're 17 apart, we might not be that far apart on opinions this year. Interesting. I don't know. Like I said, I have no confidence in my list. So you guys can just shut it off right now. Just don't listen to what I'm saying. Well, yeah, and the weird thing is, like for my top 20 video that I did uh, on the YouTube channel, I basically did the 20 games that I kept, you know, like I reviewed 85 versus 86 games and I kept like 22 of them. So it made it very easy for me to kind of winnow the list down. But yeah, as people will hear, there are games on here that are pretty high on my ranking that aren't in my collection anymore for one reason or another. So that's weird too. I don't know, man. Yeah, I think the top game this year I mean, this is a bold statement, but it might not be in my top four from last year. Maybe that's not true, but I mean, certainly after the top two, I feel like the top half of last year's list was better than anything after my top two from this year for me. Now, again, very specific for me. And there are some games I really like here, but again, some of them are very specifically solo uh, and we're not covering that. We're covering how we feel about them co-op and it just wasn't a strong co-op year for me. Well, gosh, was Tainted Grail my number one last year? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And maybe at the end of the episode, we'll do some revisiting, <laughs> like what we would do from last year, because there are some games I played this year from previous years that I have different opinions on. So yeah. maybe that'll be fun to do kind of at the end as well. That's a great idea. Look back at those. But I know some people at least like the stats we do at the beginning of every year. So did you want to guess how many downloads about we got this year. Now, we say we're recording this in 2021, but that's not really true. We're actually still mid-December here. So don't have the year-end numbers. I'll give you the year-end numbers for last year, though. We were at 89,766 downloads last year. How many think we're at this year? Huh. I don't know if we've gone up drastically in our per-episode download numbers, but 
now that Jason is doing like by, you know, we have a, a Jason episode most Wednesdays and then an us episode most Sundays or, you know, wh- whoever from our team like twice a week for at least part of the year. Yeah, that was only for the last couple of months. Yeah, though. I guess that's right. But I, I bet I bet that still pushed us over 100. Let's say 105,000. 135,741 as of right now. We almost, I mean, that's 40 some thousand jump from last year. Yeah, that's like one and a half, more than one and a half times uh, we had. Wow, man. I guess we had a similar jump the year before because we were at 52,000 the year before and went up to 80. I mean, let's just say 90,000. It was almost 90,000 last year. So I guess we had a similar jump year over year, maybe a little bit more this year. And again, we do have more episodes in, but the per episode downloads have gone up quite a bit as well. We were getting close to a thousand last year. Now there aren't many that get under 1500 downloads. So we're, you know, one and a half times for most of our episodes this year as well. Hey, uh, thanks, everybody. (laughs) We're we're glad that, you know, we enjoy recording this. I think the podcast for me usually feels less like work, except when I'm the one editing it uh, than sometimes the YouTube (laughs) channel does. Just like talking and having fun and chatting about games is always uh, an enjoyable thing. But yeah, it's great that it's connecting with a lot of you and you enjoy listening. So thanks for being out there and uh, joining us. All right. Do you want to guess our top five episodes of all time? Because they've actually changed quite a bit. I'll give you a clue. Kingdom Rush, no longer in the top five. Wait, Kingdom Rush. Didn't we just record that two weeks ago? I, I don't mean Kingdom Rush. What was that? Uh, Kitchen Rush. Oh, Kitchen Rush. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was always a weird Kitchen one. Kitchen Rush was in the top five for so long. I think that was years. But no, no, that that one got kicked out. In fact, I'm looking at the top do 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 15. Nope. Top 20. Nope. Top I mean, that, that, that's as it should be. Let's, let's be, <laughs> let's be clear it's here. It's number 26. Yeah. It's number 26. That, that's still pretty high for Kitchen Rush. <laughs> Not, nothing wrong with Kitchen Rush. It's just kind of a random game. That's one I'm going to have to reacquire because my daughter loved that. Although I hear they're redoing it with a new theme. Really? Did you hear something about that? I, I heard that there was another game from the same company. I didn't feel like it was a re-implementation. I thought it was another real-time game with a different theme. I forget what it was, though. Yeah, I don't know either, but I'm excited about that, you know, because I think most of that game was really good. Just the economy was wrong it, it, for me. No, well, yes, yes, for us. But both of us found it... The choice to make it like kind of uh, negative instead of additive, like where you keep on barely getting above zero dollars instead of like building up a ton of dollars. It's literally the exact same thing, but the feeling would have been more positive for us. But yeah, this is not a Kitchen Rush episode. Uh, top five, I don't know. Uh, Gloomhaven, top 20 from last year, Alter Quest interview, Too Many Bones, and uh, something that I was not on. Do I have any of those right? <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, not regular Gloomhaven. Oh, interesting. Okay. So episode 146 is number five. Alter Quest preview, number 83. That is up there, uh, which is funny because Alter Quest just came out. So I'm wondering if we are getting a spike in, in uh, downloads of that now again. Yeah. Can compare our opinions now to then. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll have to go back and revisit that. And then the next one was episode 119. All I see on my list is best cooperative. So I have no idea. I, I'm guessing that is a. Oh, wasn't that our wasn't that our bracket one where it was like all of us? I mean, uh, oh. like Colin, Steve, me, you. I, I forget if Bent was on that too, and Jason wasn't with us yet, so he wasn't on that. But yeah, that that was our bracket where we like broke it down from 64 to 32 to 16, I think. Oh yeah, that you're probably right. And then uh, just before that, we had the Pax Unplugged episode. Oh yeah, okay, the preview that makes sense. And then top 20 solo games. I think that was you and Liz. Oh yeah! The wait, that, really? That one? That's number one. Yeah, huh. that that 
bumped everything else out. Yeah, I'm looking at all time. So yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, those of those shows, a lot of them were in the last year. I mean, Ultra Quest is the only one that really wasn't. Yeah, I'm really surprised that Jaws of a Lion beat out because Gloomhaven had been one of our top episodes. Like going back, that was a uh, that was with Colin, right? You, me, and Colin. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, right under that is top 20 games again. Then Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle Earth. Then Gloomhaven is in a braid. Okay, okay. So it's still hanging on. It, it's hanging on. I mean, Deep Madness is right below that one. So that I'm glad that one's still getting a lot of love because uh, I, I still love that game. I haven't played it in forever, unfortunately. Yeah, you, you still have but, all the stuff I gave you there, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not getting rid of it. I mean, oh. that's one of those when I've got some time, when I've got a break in my schedule, I want to get back to that for sure. Yeah, man that with you whenever uh whenever we could see each other physically again well if it is do you know if that one's on theme oh maybe we can do it for the streamed audience because i mean that that is a fun game i think people should get a chance to see yeah no I, I i'd totally do that on the twitch with you awesome all right so one of the other fun things i like to look at just real quick is the top cities because I always find this interesting because I have no idea how or why some of these cities are where our top listeners are from, but I appreciate it. Uh, so number one country is clearly United States. I mean, it is eight times larger than any other country. And it says that uh, to what, UK? UK, then Canada. Yeah, that's, that's how the YouTube tends to go as well. Then Germany, Australia, Brazil, Sweden, Netherlands. Denmark and France. So thank you to the top 10 countries. Norway's there too. So we got, I mean, if we got the, oh, and Switzerland right afterwards. So there you go. We got that uh, whole little connection in there. So that's the top 12. But top cities are in none of those countries. Well, the top city is in none of those countries. Any guess what our top city is? To none of those countries? In none of those countries. Top city. Uh, what? Did you say France in the list? I did say France in the list. It's not in France. I'll tell you, it's not in any of those continents. How about that? What? <laughs> is it uh, Is it in like Asia? Nope. Huh. South America, Rio de Janeiro. Well, no, that's Brazil, dude. That isn't a, one of the countries you said. Oh, did I say Brazil? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Brazil is number six. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, well, I I forgot about Brazil. I, I saw Australia. I saw Germany. I saw Sweden. I, I Sorry, I forgot Brazil. And how could I forget Brazil? Because it is one of our, our top, uh, or it is our top download city. Yeah, well, sorry. Uh, I, I speak some Spanish, but no uh, Portuguese. So, uh, but, but thank you. Thank you, Rio. <laughs> yeah, and then San Fran, Los Angeles, and Chicago round out the top four. It's interesting because... My company that I work for, my day job, is headquartered in Chicago. So I'm wondering if it's a bunch of like my uh, my fellow employees following. I mean, not many people know what I do here, but hey, who knows? Maybe that's what it is. And any uh, East Coast, since we're both on the East Coast of the U.S., any East Coast? No, we got Greenwich next, and then Sydney, San Jose, Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where my wife's family's from, but I don't know that they're listening. Uh, Portland, Oregon, Stockholm, Sweden. Wow. New York. They, yeah, I was about to say, go. like, where's New York? It has to show up at some point. <laughs> and then Toronto, Seattle, Denver. No, this, we're, we're popular in the – then Calgary, Minneapolis, Dallas, okay, Ellicott City. There you go. That's where I'm Ocean from. City, Maryland is like number 25 or something. <laughs> All right. But anyway, that's enough of that. That's not why you guys are here. I think that's just fun trivia that we do every year. So if you're not in one of those cities, get to work. You need to tell all your friends to start downloading more. All right, so uh, we're going to get into our top 20 co-op games that we covered. <laughs> okay, so that's a, that's a lot of uh, you know limitations there. There are some games on here that I don't enjoy 
at all. <laughs> I'm sure you're the same, right, Peter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure where they are. Like I said, because my list well, is, yeah, you know, oh, man. is very weird. Yeah. So we, we were talking about this earlier today. It's like, okay, am I talking about games that I want to play? Or are we talking about games that I think are better designed? And I kind of tended to lean toward games I wanted to play, which might have pushed some of the heavier games a little lower, because I do think some of these are better designed than some of the ones that are a little bit higher on my list. But again, take anything outside of my top four or five games, like, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, oh gosh, there's some of these I'm looking at now that I think should be higher. All right. Well, I'm not redoing the list. (laughs) So like I said, this year is just a big jumbled mess for me. But let's go with your list. This is the one people want to hear. What's your number 20? All right. So my number 20, uh, this is this is probably the only game on the list. Let me look through real quick. Yeah, it's like the only game on the list that I actively did not like as I played it more and like do not want to play again. I think every single other one on my list, I would be happy somewhat to play again at some point. And that is Wonder Woman Challenge of the Amazons. I, I love programming games. There will be other games that have programming in them uh, later on in this list. But I found the cooperation to be somewhat minimal. I did like the variety in the enemies, but the variety in the Amazons was not impressive at all. I didn't really think the theme was very strong. Yeah, I just didn't really have much fun with this game at all. And uh, compared to how much I enjoyed uh, Horrified, which we, I think, talked about last year, uh, which is also, you know, Prospero Hall and Ravensburger, I thought this one was a very weak effort, at least for me and my taste, compared to uh, some of their other games. You know, I was super excited when I bought this. And even after I played it a couple times, I was super excited about it. And then I gave it to you and you're like, yeah, wasn't that great? And I got it back and I'm like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I played it more and I kind of tend to agree with you now. It's funny. You're like, if Wonder Woman's in your top five, that's it. We're done with the podcast forever. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm never joining you again. Well, guess what? It is also my number 20. (laughs) I'm actually shocked about that. There are others that I've pegged to be uh, up at 20 for you. But yeah, I'm happy to hear that we agree on that one at least. That might be the only time for this whole list. Uh, Yeah, I I don't think we're going to match up the next one at all because I'm not even sure it's my number 19, but we're going to we're going to do this anyway. This is Peter's random list. If anybody gets my list correct from one to 20 this year, like that would be amazing because I don't even think I got it correct. All right. So what's your number 19? Wait, do you want to talk about Wonder Woman at all? Did what 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 didn't work for you? Do you remember? Uh, You know, it just got boring and repetitive. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about where I am. In all honesty, like it. I don't know. There was nothing there to bring me back. When we talk about replay value in a game, I, I feel like I was like, oh, there's all these different enemies and they do different things. But you're right. The items are repetitive. The, the characters are repetitive. There was nothing that made me excited to play again. The missions were fairly easy, if I remember correctly. And when you lost, it was something random and like frustrating. So no, there was nothing about the game that, that made me happy All right, well, my number 19, you're going to hear this a lot. So this is the first one. This is a game that I think is pretty good solo. Not like it wouldn't be way, way up on the list, but it would certainly not be at number 19. But for co-op, I think it has some issues, and that is Exodus Rise of the Corruption. Um, This is one I really, uh, I I did a Kickstarter preview of this first. I think it's got some really cool kind of tactical play. I like how the uh, spaceships you level up are different. I think combat is fast, but pretty fun. It's got some randomness with dice, but the kind of randomness that can be exciting. But yeah, uh, for for co-op, it's a little weird because you either split up and don't really have anything to do with each other, or you have to like kind of team up. But when you team up, you lose a lot of the agency and you kind of just like deal with moving with the other player and kind of sharing actions. 
So, yeah, this is one that I think is pretty cool solo uh, to kind of up that tactical puzzle that I think is the best part of the game. But for co-op, I think it's just kind of okay. It's still not a bad game, but I certainly wouldn't go out of my way to play it. Yeah, so for me, Exodus was a game that when I first played it, I was super excited about it. And I liked my first few plays of it, but again, lost some luster for me after a few plays. So it's also my number 19. What the heck? And I swear to God, I am not copying your list. Well, I, I know I know for 100% certainty that my number 18 is going to be way higher on your list. Or maybe not way And higher, I know but... for absolute certainty my number 18 is going to be way higher on your list. Yes. It might even be in your top five. Oh, I, I would guess my number 18 is going to be one that's way, way, way higher for you. Oh, man. Uh, but I can guess what your number 18 is probably. Yeah, give it a try. Team 3. It is Team 3. Good job, man. Yes. Uh, team 3, uh, gosh, I don't even know how many of you even like saw this. I didn't do a video for it or anything. It is a see no evil, speak no evil, uh, hear no evil kind of riff where uh, you have like these blocks you're trying to put into shapes. And I just didn't, uh, I didn't like it very much. Really, the most fun I had with it was just letting my sons play with just building things. They didn't want to like actually do the mechanics of the game. Yeah, it's the thing is, it was fun to play the three roles. I liked switching between those, but the actual task of doing the shapes was so simplistic and the same each time. Like, I didn't feel like the cards with the shapes changed enough. Well, you didn't play the higher levels, I'm guessing. No, I I did. I did. With you and Jerry, remember? Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I I felt like once I had played all three roles, I was like, yep. So so the game basically had three plays in it for me besides letting my sons like play around with shapes. So I just didn't think it was interesting enough. I, li- I do like that one better than you, but we'll see where it shows up on my list. All right, how much are you going to hurt me with your number 18? <laughs> I-, I think I'm going to hurt you bad. I actually think this is one of your top games of the year, and it was just a frustrating mess of oh, man, I know for me. Oh, gosh. Okay. What is it going to be? I think it's probably, let's see, a frustrating mess of an experience. Well, it it wasn't a mess. And I think the design is way better than 18. And that's why I'm having a hard time putting it here. All right. I I think it's it's quirky circuits. It is. Yeah, yeah. I I think I I know how frustrated you got with the limited communication and stuff in that one. And it's funny because Kingdom Rush is very similar to me. And we haven't gotten to that one yet, obviously, where I was very frustrated. But it was the kind of frustrated that made me want to keep playing it. Whereas with Quirky Circuits, I just got frustrated to the point where I didn't want to play it anymore. And I don't know what the difference is, and I can't pick it out. And so I'm going to say that this is probably a way better design game than number 18 on this list. But for me personally, I just have no desire to play this game anymore. So that's why it's so low on my my list. I just got frustrated. Maybe I would have different opinions if I played it with you and Jerry exclusively. But, you know, playing it in the different environments I had played it with, I just... It, it, I mean, it very rarely hit for me. No, it, it, it is a very fragile experience in that yeah. you need to be okay with chaos. You need to be okay with things going wrong. And even then, some players, I think, just aren't going to gel with kind of like what they should be doing and aren't going to kind of read each other's signals. Like imagine playing the mind, <laughs> but you always messed up every hand. You know, like I think that would yes. be an unfun experience. And yeah, I think that's what Quirky Circuit seemed to be for you. Yes, it was. Because even when I was playing with Jerry, I mean, remember Jerry and I almost like... Oh, no, you, you and Jerry could not gel together. You and Jerry could he, he, not gel. Yeah, he would not talk to me after, like, through, from halfway through that game on. I know you're not supposed to talk to each other, but he was so pissed at me because I was like, what the heck are you doing? Like, I got so mad. He got so mad and frustrated. Like, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know what it was about that game, but every time I played it became an argument by the end of it. Yeah, no, totally. I get that, man. It's just one of those games, you know, everybody's going to have it. Like I said, I bet it is way higher for a lot of you. And I don't judge you at all for that because I think it is a better game than my experiences show. But my experiences were very negative with it. Well, and and, uh, a game that always leads to arguments and frustration for me is going to come up later. and It's going to make it lower on my list than it should be. You probably have an idea of what that might be. (laughs) But uh, my number 17 is a game that we did not do an episode of. You might already know what it is from that, Peter. Like, uh, I was not in a podcast of it, but I have it. And yeah, uh, do you know what it is, Peter? Endangered? No, no, wait. No, I, we did the Endangered episode, uh, me, you, and Jason together. Oh, Slide Quest? <laughs> no. Well, I, yeah, actually, I don't know if you were on that episode, but no, uh, Marvel United. Oh, okay. I don't know if either of us were on that. Were you on that episode with Steve of the podcast? I don't think so, no. Yeah, so Marvel United, I, I heard a lot of good buzz from a few people on our Discord, I got just the core game, you know, not too expensive from Walmart or whatever it was for my son. And Peter and I had a great, I mean, I would say it was great. I don't know how you feel about it, but I thought it was a great first experience playing it. Like I was very pleasantly surprised when we played it on TTS before I bought the physical copy. I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Um, Like it has a nice puzzle. And then I played it more and the hero differences, they exist, but they aren't interesting to me. <laughs> like, they certainly don't excite right. me. Uh, the villain differences certainly don't excite me. Some of them aren't as much fun to play against. The gameplay is very basic. I do think it has a fine tactical puzzle that is not interesting enough to me. Now, I have not played it solo. Maybe solo would be good. But uh, even my son, you know, like, I was excited for him. He thought the miniatures were cool, but he was very lukewarm on it. So yeah, this was just a bit of a disappointment. Like it seemed really good from that first play. And then I'm like, I just don't think there's enough here. Maybe if uh, I paid $200 for a very light family weight game. <laughs> oh no, you would have been pissed. Yeah, well, I know. I, th- I think I would have been pissed, but at least there would have been more content. But like, yeah, just the base game, you know, it's very cheap. I'm not saying it's a bad value for what you get, but uh, yeah, it's not anything that has staying power at all with me. If, if it was not a present to my son, it would already be gone. I, I have a lot more to say about that when I get to it, but oh, um, interesting. not- not there yet. So my number three Wait, is... 17? Or 17. <laughs> Don't read your number three yet. <laughs> well, g- guess what? It has the word three in it. Oh, there you, you thought it would oh. be higher, but it's not. Two, wow. three. Wow. So except for uh, Quirky Circuits, then we- we've been very close to each other so far. And yeah. So the interesting thing is, I actually think this should be higher on my list. I think because I have enjoyed it way more than you have. And it's funny because I won't say that for most of the games we get to today. (laughs) But but I I really did enjoy my experiences. I think you're right. I think it's somewhat limited, but it is in my collection. I don't see it leaving anytime soon. My kids do enjoy it. They actually ask for it quite a bit. And maybe it's lower on my list because of that. Ironically, because I played it more than I've wanted to. Uh, (laughs) That's interesting. So so maybe it's gotten to that point for me, but I always have fun playing it. So. It probably shouldn't be this low. I think design-wise, it's probably this low. But fun factor I've had with it is probably way higher. So that's why I said I don't even know what's going on with my list this year. I do think Team 3 should probably be higher for me because I'm more positive on this than some of the ones we're going to get to. That's for sure. I just couldn't in my mind put a game. I guess I put the mind at the top of my list a couple of years ago. It just <laughs> won last year. So maybe I can put some of these later games near the top of my list sometimes, but well, but, but here's the thing with the mind, like you pull that out all the time back before COVID, like anytime you were with yes. any group, even like at a convention, you would pull that out like with heavy gamers, 
But you're not pulling out team three <laughs> at a convention, no. I don't think. <laughs> no. And I, I mean, the thing that also hurts this one is it is exactly three players. So th- that's a big limiting factor, too. I think the amount of time that this can get to the table is very limited. I think maybe you will enjoy it more when your kids get a little bit older. Because my kids were easily able to handle all the roles of it. And I think yours were a little too young at the time to do that. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think you would enjoy it more. And I think you will probably get at least a month worth of fun out of it, playing it with your kids when they get a little bit older and both of them can really join in and and understand what's going on. All right, I'll have to borrow it and test it out. Yeah, and I'm not getting rid of it. That's the thing. I mean, so that should say something, even though, like I said, three quarters of this list I'll never see again. Team three is something that I will see again, so it probably shouldn't be this low, but it is uh, just overall for for all the problems it has, you know, player count being one of them and just I got burnt out on it. It's it's down here at 17 for me. All right. So my number 16 um, is another one that I think plays better solo or not even plays better solo, but it doesn't have much going on cooperatively. And that is uh, Hero Realms which is cooperative if you get the the ruins of Thandar or the uh, the second one. They have like these adventure packs. And I, I think Hero Realms is fine as a deck builder. Like I don't have a bad time playing it. I think it's fun to play through. I think it was fine to play the co-op mode. And like I liked how you kind of leveled up things and got to little powers, although it was very limited what you could actually do in co-op. But that's kind of why it's down at 16. The co-op is super limited. You have to buy way more than you should to be able to play it co-op. Compared to the, the thing I compared it to is Star Realms Frontiers, which is like a $20 box and bam, you're good to go with like eight bosses. <laughs> Hero Realms, you uh, have to pay like 60 or $70 to get all the stuff you need to play like three missions. But beyond that, it very much shows that it is a competitive game that they just grafted a co-op mode onto because there is basically nothing you can do, almost nothing on another player's turn. It is so limited how you interact with each other. And I just expect more for a co-op deck builder. It's hard for it to compete with things like Heroes of Tenefer, Battle for Greyport, or Aeon's End, like clearly designed from the ground up for co-op. And even uh, Star Realms Frontiers, the way they do co-op in there is like you have a shared life pool and you can like freely spend money on each other and freely use attack. So like, I think that one does co-op better. So Hero Realms is a fun little quick deck builder, but I don't think the co-op mode is its best look at all. All right. I swear to God, we didn't play games together this year, but this list is is turning out to be pretty funny and pretty eerily similar. Not Hero Realms yet, but next is Marvel United for me. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because we didn't play these games together. No, most of them we were playing with our family and, and stuff. Like That is wild. Quirky Search gets being the one exception down here so far. Well, well yeah, don't worry. I, I know they're going to get very different later. <laughs> Very soon, they're going to get very different, I I feel like. So Marvel United, for me, I had the same experience. I had fun with it, but it was never... I am so glad, because I was all in on this when it was on Kickstarter. That's right. I told you not to, right? And I am so glad I backed out of it. It it was actually after I played with Steve, there was like a mocked up version with the cards that they had, because they didn't do a tabletop simulator version. But there was like a mocked up tabletop simulator version. And I played it with Steve, and I'm like, all right, this is kind of fun, but it is not $200 fun. So I'm glad I do own the base box. And honestly, I'm glad I own it. I think the miniatures are worth it in and of themselves. I'm going to have fun painting those with my son. So it is certainly a $30 value. No question about that. I am going to try what Steve and I talked about on the stream the other day. And I think this would make the game better for me, which is first of all, taking out the wild cards. Right. Well, and, and that's an official variant. That's just the higher difficulty setting. 
Exactly. But the other variant that he does, which isn't official, is he does the three-player life even in a two-player game for the boss themselves. And I think that would be more fun because the hard part is like you finally get through all these missions, which are very samey every single time you play, but then you kill the boss in literally a half a second. I mean, I don't know that it's so unsatisfying. Literally, as soon as you finish the missions, the boss's health is like four in two player. I think it's like eight in three players. So it's a little bit more running around, chasing them around. I think that might make it more fun, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, have fun with that. Like, whenever the boss dies, I'm like, yep, I'm ready to finish this game. <laughs> sure. Well, I just think, it, you know, if there was a little more challenge to the game, I think it would be better. Well, yes, yes, I agree with that. And I do like the wilds because I guess they, they would also make the characters feel more diverse because their icon differences would come to the sure. forefront more. So I can see that, definitely. Yeah, so I'm going to try it, at least the taking the wilds out. And I don't know. I mean, I, it never offended me to get it to the table. I don't think the design is so bad that it's offensive. I just haven't had as much fun with it on repeated plays. And I just don't think there's a lot of replay in the $30 base box. All right. Well, let's see how much we diverge now. My number 15 is Slide Quest. Another family level one. So these didn't do too well for me. And this one, uh, I think it's a cool game. Uh, if you haven't seen it, each player is on a different side of the board with like these little paddles that push the board up and down. And the main character has a ball bearing underneath and there's like little pits. So you're basically uh, cooperatively moving the board, uh, like pushing it down in different orientations so that the ball bearing knight will move around the board safely. And uh, yeah, I, I, I personally like the game a lot, but, <laughs> but this is actually kind of similar to your... Uh, quirky circuits thing people like play it with get very frustrated it is the kind of game where it's easy to blame people if they mess up i can go in with kind of a light-hearted thing but a lot of people i play with can't my kids are you know this this definitely plays a role in it they have a lot of trouble with kind of the dexterity of it and they just can't really maneuver the guy in a meaningful way and uh, it just didn't have much life for them they got bored with it pretty quickly and it led to frustration and like upsetness even when we played with like me you and jerry and uh, nick you know on the channel i think the level of fun was not there for all of us so uh, yeah i think this should be more fun for me if i had the right group to play it with but right now nobody i play it with really has a ton of fun with it oh see i had fun on the stream with us no i, I didn't I'm... say you <laughs> oh, okay maybe you were getting frustrated because we were not as good because we hadn't played it as much right no, so... no i'm not saying me either i'm, I'm... All right. That's interesting. I don't remember people being frustrated, but uh, I'll have to look back. I'll have to watch a video now. Everybody go watch our slide quest video. See who Mike's talking about. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was a frustrated one. I, could, I, I'm, I think I'm remembering, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, part of it is that you had played the game a lot at that point, And for all of the rest of us, it was bra we were brand new. So, I, I mean, there is that learning curve with any dexterity game for sure. sure. Well, yeah, and I, I have a mixed history with dexterity games anyway, for those who have like talked on Discord or whatever with me about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, even people listen to the podcast, they remember the flip ships episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> flip ships. Oh, man. <laughs> Still have nightmares of trying to catapult that thing into the dang mothership. <laughs> I can't believe how hard that is. It is like, so I mean, hard. It, it's so hard. And I'm good at dexterity games. Yes, for the yes most you part. are. <laughs> I, I mean, I like that game, but that was like, I mean, it's like learning to shoot a three point basket. Like, I mean, it was literally, it felt like that hard to, to get that skill down. Now, I'm sure once you get it it's great but then maybe the game wouldn't hold any challenge for you so yeah. maybe it wouldn't be great but anyway my number 15 the reason i was laughing before is again without quirky circuits our list would be identical it's hero realm what the heck man i, I mean 
Now, again, we're, we're about to, to diverge a little bit, I think. I, I know my next two games are going to be way higher on your list again. But Hero Realms, I, I remember having a lot of fun when I was playing it. But then after playing Star Realms, I don't know. It just turned me off to the system again. Like, I just, I don't know. I've never had a lot of fun with that system. The Hero Realms hit me in a, in a funny spot, and I really enjoyed it while I was playing it. But I never went back to it, and I never wanted to go back to it. And I was like, oh, maybe Star Realms would be better because there's more variety and more missions. And I, I really wanted to finish the Hero Realms campaign. I wanted to go back to it. But then it's like 20 more bucks to buy it. And I'm like, really? Like, we've already spent how much on this game? I don't think it's worth another $20. Yeah, I mean, that's where I am. I definitely did not buy the uh, the second campaign set. Yeah, and so, I mean, that that kind of tells you all, all you need to know about it, I feel like. It's just not worth the price of what you're getting. Did I have fun doing it? Yes. Would I have played it if you had gotten the expansion? Yes, and I probably would have had fun, but I would have played it once, and that would have been it. I mean, I'm not so enamored with the system, and I'm not so enamored with deck building that I think that I need to keep going back to a game like Hero Realms, where it's a very simple, straightforward deck building and, and just doesn't hold a lot for me there. And and the price point is just ridiculous for what you need to get to play that game. And, and again, we are just doing this list on co-op. If you're going to play Hero Realms competitively a bunch, like go nuts. Then, then it's like a minor additional cost to play co-op, but you can play the game competitive as much as you want. Like to buy the base Hero Realms set and play competitively is like 15 bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. All right, so what's your 14? Uh, Well, I've talked a lot about how dungeon crawlers have kind of lost a lot of their luster for me. I mentioned this in my Alter Quest review. They need to have something like really special, like Gloomhaven and kind of the card management to keep my attention because they tend to feel grindy. And this is where I guess, is this the only dungeon crawler from this year? Yeah, I think I would say that. Uh, Wander the Cult of Barnacle Bay. I think it's uh, pretty good. My son certainly enjoyed it. I think the campaign is cool. But I didn't get through the entire campaign. It just didn't hold my attention for a long enough time. My son's either. It's pretty fun. I still recommend it for dungeon crawler fans. But for me, being a little, again, off the genre, it was not good enough to break through kind of my reluctance to play those type of games. All right. So my next two are the piss mic off segment of the uh, oh, of the evening. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Number 14 is Root. <laughs> for me no no no. trust me you're not pissing me off you'll you'll hear about it soon <laughs> okay i i like root i like playing root it's one of the few quote-unquote war games that mike can get me to play i really enjoy it i think solo might even be okay i don't know i, I no never mind i would never play it solo but i just i mean it's not meant to be played co-op i mean i can't even i can't justify having it any higher on my list than this in fact maybe it should be on the bottom you know, even below Wonder Woman, because at least that was designed to be played co-op. Root really wasn't. And I, it bothers me that the rules are basically like, well, play with whatever difficulty you think it should be. It's like, all right, well, so basically what you're saying is you didn't really design this. You designed the solo mode and you didn't even really do that. You just copied one that was made by fans online. Well, no, no, hold on. <laughs> Don't say it that way. They did bring in that guy and pay him and like he was involved in the process. <laughs> they did like steal it. <laughs> right. But I mean, it was no part of the original design. Well, yes, yes. You know, were, they, were they thinking co-op or solo? And so apparently the solo bot's pretty good, but... I don't know. For co-op, it just didn't hold up. It was clear that they didn't put any effort into it. And so for me, yes, I like Root. I think it's a way better game than number 14 on the list. I think it's better than a lot of these games as a competitive game, but not as a co-op game. 14 for me. 
All right. All right, so my 13, I'm, I'm guessing this will probably be in your top 10, maybe even top five. I don't really know what your list is going to look like. Uh, but number 13 for me is Forgotten Waters. And maybe this should be higher because I did have a lot of fun while I played it. But as we discussed in the episode with Grant uh, Lyon, it's just way too long, like way too long. <laughs> like like it, it is it is two to three hours and it has enough to hold my attention for like an hour. I love the story. I think the app is really well done. I like the narration. The gameplay is simple enough. My son really enjoyed it. I like the characters you control. But man, like I still have not gotten through the last couple of scenarios, even though I don't have, I haven't sold it yet. Like it's not out of my collection yet, but I don't know if I will. Cause I just don't want to sit down and play it for four more hours. Like that's the main impediment. It is too, it is way too much. It is bloated for the actual gameplay content you are getting. Yep, it's definitely higher on my list, but I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. My number 14, again, continuing the piss mic off trend, is Cloudspire. Okay. So I, I appreciate what they did. I appreciate that Chip Theory Games put in a co-op mode, and it's very well done. I appreciate that they put in a solo mode, and again, very well done. It is just too much for my brain to handle. So this is a Peter-specific thing. Like, if I'm going to play a tower defense game, I'd much rather play... Uh, something I just covered on the stream channel, which is Sky Tear. And I'd much rather play, I even liked the other MOBA game that we had played, which again, is not also co-op, Battle for Baternia, better. And if we're talking tower defense, I think Kingdom Rush blows it out of the water for me. So yeah, again, I think it's a well-designed mod. I liked a lot of the stuff I did. I never, ever want to run it. Now, I might feel different. Like, if you were to run it, I would certainly play it with you. But I would never want to run this game. And so, for me, it's got to be low on the list because it's something I would never pull out myself. It's just something I couldn't handle to play by myself, whereas all the rest of the games on the list, I could run the game for the group. Yeah, no, I I, I totally see that. All right, uh, my number 12... This one was a tough one for me of where to put it because I have a lot of fun with my family, especially my son with this one, but it's also a very limited design, like kind of what Peter was talking about. Like, I don't think this is the best design game, but not that there's anything wrong with the design. It's just very simple and straightforward. And that is number 12, Escape the Dark Sector. I think this is a lot of fun just to pull out every once in a while. I did back the uh, the Kickstarter for the three small box expansions to give more cards and more adventures to have. I know I'll have a blast playing it with my son. But yeah, like there's not really a lot there. <laughs> so I felt bad sure, it any yeah. higher than 12. Like it is entirely fine. And maybe, you know, looking at my number 11, maybe it should have been switched with that. But I didn't think I could put it any higher than that. Yep. We will get to that one for me. But number 12 for me, and it's funny because take out Root and Cloudspire. And again, we're, we're matched up. So take out the three games I knew you liked, Quirky Circuits, Root and Cloudspire. And our lists are identical so far. My next one is Slide Quest. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed that game. And again, maybe this should be higher on my list because I enjoy it more than I enjoy some of the games above it. But at the same time, I I think it is limited. I haven't never asked to borrow it and play it with my family. So my experiences with it are limited. I I will fully admit that. I have not played that one nearly as much as I played any of the other games. I never even borrowed it from you. So I only played it for a very limited amount of time when you were over. So I maybe I just don't have a good enough feel for it, how the difficulty ramps up. But I've certainly enjoyed it when I play it. So again, it probably should be higher on my list. But at the same time, I think it is to some degree limited. And I think you have to be a fan of dexterity stuff to play it. So I'm all right with it here at 12. All right. Well, uh, you were right. Root, much higher on my list. Number 11. 
<laughs> and yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. Like, Root is one of, uh, for solo play, it's like one of my top five, definitely, maybe top three? It's it's in there. Like, in in the top of my solo games in my collection, it is up there. I, I love the solo bot. I think it's great. And I think it's a fabulous multiplayer game. But yeah, it is just so frustrating how little they cared about co-op. <laughs> like we are not yes. exaggerating. Like we are not like literally it's like a paragraph in the rule in the co-op uh, the, in the solo bot rule book. It's like, hey, by the way, you can also play co-op. End of rules for co-op. <laughs> right. They don't even tell you how to set up. They're like, <sighs> you can do it. Yeah, like they're not like I don't think they're even clear on like when like you interact with each other or not and like what hits each other or not. Like maybe maybe they are. I don't know. But it's really disappointing. The the only way I've found that works pretty well is 2v2 teams, two bots versus two humans, because then you don't have as much of the balancing problem because the bots are pretty well balanced against human players in solo. So that kind of fixes it. But yeah, like trying to do anything else, it's just so stupid. It's like, I think I could eventually figure out what the right balance is, but it's going to change by your group too and their experience level. It's like, I don't know. I, I can't put it any higher, even though it's one of my favorite games of all time, because there's so little effort in the co-op, like Peter said. So, yeah, number 11 for me. Yeah. And again, I enjoyed the gameplay of it. It's just. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, for, for co-op, no, it is not the way I prefer to play Root. I'm, never, I'm not going to be like, who? What are we going to play for co-op night? Root, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although we'll probably play it on the stream at some point, because I, I maybe it would. Maybe 2v2 would be fun. Yeah, and there. 2v2 will work. Like that one, I could I could get the right. But even then, I'd still have to pick the exact right factions for it to be interesting. So uh, whatever. <laughs> sure. All right, so my number 11 is Aftermath. Oh, that's, yeah, all right. And I don't know. I I did not get nearly as far into it as you did, but you know me. Unclear rules bother me to no end. This is true whether I'm playing a miniatures game, whether I'm playing a role-playing game, whether I'm playing a whatever. And, I mean, Mice and Mystics was very similar. And, you know, Jerry Hawthorne's a good guy and people love his game and the story in his games are great. I love the minis. I love all of that stuff about it. But when I don't know how to play your game and when I'm trying to figure out the rules because you have a four page rule book when it should be like a 10 page rule book, it drives me crazy. And so I could not get past that. And again, this is a very me specific thing, but it drove me crazy that I couldn't figure out how to play it enough. And I didn't want to push past it enough. And in all honesty, like I didn't, the game wasn't that great that I wanted to push past it. And so it bothers me to this day. I couldn't remember why it was so low in my mind until I started talking about it. And yeah, that rule book drove me crazy. And the gameplay drove me crazy. Like, I feel like I still don't know how to play it. And I wouldn't know how to play it if I played it again tomorrow. Yeah, no, I think it's entirely fair, but it is higher for me. Uh, My number 10 I'm imagining this will be pretty soon for you too, is uh, Dawn of the Zed's third edition. Yeah, if you watch my top 20 video, this was, uh, I think, number three in my top 20 games of this year. Because I think this is a fabulous game design. I love the tension, the events, like the kind of, whatever you want to call it, emergent storyline that comes out of this. The amazing variety in characters. So much fun to just play around with and goof around with. But it is a victory point game. And just like every victory point game... Except for, I guess, like uh, Renegade near the end of Victory Point's life. It is a totally tacked on co-op mode. It is take the solo and divide it up among the players, basically. <laughs> you know, like you each have your own action that only you can use in co-op. But you can use it for anybody. You have no ownership of any heroes. You have no ownership of anybody. So that's going to work for some groups and not work for others. Like if you just like to kind of cooperatively discuss your strategy, 
that's fine. But then you're just playing a solo game cooperatively anyway. So yeah, so Dawn of the Zeds, I think is an awesome, awesome game, but I could not put it higher than number 10 because I don't think it's really a co-op game at its heart. It's and, and that's nothing against its design. That's just what Victory Points games did. They did it with Darkest Night. They did it with uh, Nemo's War. They take these games where really you should be doing it all yourself. That's the best way to play it. And they just kind of divide up the experience so it's less interesting for every player. All right. So my number 10, you mentioned not very long ago, but uh, you mentioned your dislike for Dungeon Crawls. I don't have that. But my number 10 is Wanderer, Cult of Barnacle Bay. And I kind of compared it to Aftermath. I mean, I think it's apt that they're near each other in that they're very cute. I really liked some of the story elements that were going on. And, and there were things to like about the game. But it just never came together for me. That that whole stealth part of it, where you're basically taking on one group of enemies at a time, which made it feel like not tactical to me anymore i understand why some people would think it's more tactical but basically it's just don't run out in the open and be an idiot and you you know we've set it up so you can fight one group of monsters at a time and and so i don't know it was just that became not interesting for me after a while it's like okay do one mini fight against a couple enemies all right now do it again now do it again and so yeah the time pressure was interesting but I don't know. This this one didn't stand out for me. It really bothered me also that there were like three things you can choose to do each time and it didn't matter at all what they were. Like, you know, there was like a little story narrative behind well, it. Well, I mean, but, it sent you to a different scenario. Yes, but the scenarios were very different, but they had nothing to do with the main. Well, well I don't know. I, I, I felt like they were disjointed. I yes, felt like I, I, do, I do agree have with a that. cohesive story. Yes, t- totally. All right. Um, so my number nine, uh, I guess, what was it, your Peter? Like your number 13 is uh, Cloud Spire. Oh, okay. And yeah, I mean, this is another one that is like a top game for me, like definitely top 10 for Cloud Spire. I love this game, but uh, Peter kind of already talked about this, but he was saying it was just a him thing, but I don't agree. I don't think it is just a you thing, Peter. I think co-op is so intimidating and tough to get to the table. And that, you know, that's for me, someone who plays the game a lot and knows all the factions really well. When I teach Cloudspire, I either play competitive against somebody 1v1, or I like kind of GM them while they play through a, th- a solo scenario, because each faction is very diverse and very tough to get into. The game is fairly complicated to run until you're really comfortable with it. And with co-op, it's four factions. It's not just adding yeah. one for the second player. It's four factions because they have two against you. And it's yep. just so much to deal with. So I just can't be bothered. Like, if I'm going to play Cloudspire and I have more than one player, I'm playing competitive. I'm not going to play co-op. The only time I play co-op is uh, solo. But even then, it's, like, kind of too much. Like, I don't want to run that much. Like, the solo campaigns are enough for me. So I just don't see me pulling it out for co-op. So why is it number nine? I love this game. It is a, you know, and it is better than Roots. Like they didn't mess up the co-op. It is what they sure. intended and it works great. Uh, like I would say it's bet like Root, Dawn of the Zeds and Cloudspire. This is the core of my list where I love all of these games. Like these are all top games for me, but none of them are top for their co-op. And in Cloudspire's case, it is fine co-op. That's why I put it above Root and Dawn of the Zeds, but it is just so hard to get to the table. I can't put it any higher than number nine. Well, and here's the part where I think they messed up. They wanted to make it unique and make it like fun to play with stuff. But one of the first missions, they like combined two units into one. Yeah. So it wasn't even like it was one unit anyway. It's not like you need to know four factions. You need to know four factions plus all the special rules they put into it. Like it's really weird how they did that. Like 
I don't know why they did that. Like, I get why they did that, but not on like the second mission. My sense of it is they built the co-op for players that had already played the game a bunch. Like, I don't think they would look at co-op even and say, yeah, that's definitely the way you should teach the game. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. And it's a shame because co-op is a great way to learn a lot of games. Yeah. And I wish they would have just kept the AI super basic and simple and said, you know what? Don't even use those chips. Use the most basic chips where you can put like 500 of them coming towards you at once. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and then the puzzle would be more fun. You don't have to think about what the AI is doing. They're just coming down a path at you and you got to figure out a way to deal with it. Like well, that would have been more fun to me. And the weird thing is they have a survival mode that is very basic. It's like pretty much what you just said. Like you just build tactics hours and fight and guys that keep on coming at you and they get they get more and more complicated and harder and harder as you survive but there is no co-op version of that <laughs> and i don't think well, it would have been that hard to add in like a second player but they didn't it's just solo so well and again if you're using two different factions basic units then who cares right right and then you learn that basic unit and then they add a more complicated one and a more complicated one and it would gently be learning the system whereas the way they do it for co-op they throw you into the puzzle from turn one and you basically are expected to know what to do and how to how to overcome certain challenges when you don't even understand the basics of the game yet. Yeah. So yeah, and maybe maybe turning that horde mode into a you know the mission one might have made it easy enough to learn to get people into it. So I don't know. We talked a lot about that one for a game that's no higher than what ten or nine on nine our list. So. But yeah, I mean, again, I yeah. fully recommend Cloudspire. Just you know, make sure you go in with your eyes open. But yeah, not for co op. Yeah. All right. So my number nine is a weird one for me. And I didn't know what to do with this because in all honesty, I don't remember this game very much. And this is Endangered. Oh, okay. I wanted to like it. I love the cutesy theme. I loved a lot about it, but I don't remember this one. I mean, it's bad. We didn't even do it that long ago. It was, you know, it was the middle of the year. It's a dice placement. You got to put a higher value die than the last person had. And you got money and you got to influence the ambassadors at the end. And you have the tigers and the the beavers as the basic ones. Any of that striking a bell? (laughs) I, I mean, yes, kind of. I played it. I remember kind of liking it, but... It just, you know, if a game doesn't stick in my mind the way this, I mean, I remember all these other games. We've talked about them and, and, you know, something has stuck out to me about all of them and nothing stuck out to me about Endangered. I think the gameplay was good. I think it was fine, but I think there's a million other good and fine games out there. And so for me, it ended up pretty low. My kids didn't like it either. Well, actually, I liked it more than my kids. I remember enjoying it enough to play it a couple of times without them. But, you know, at that point, I don't know. It, it is where it is because it did not stick out in my mind and nothing was memorable about it to me. That totally makes sense. My number eight, I imagine, will probably be in your top three, maybe. Planet Apocalypse. And yes, I, I did rank Planet Apocalypse above Cloudspire and both could be argued to have like kind of tower defense elements in them. But Planet Apocalypse is designed for co-op. Yes. I think this is a fabulous design in a lot of parts. Uh, Peter and I talked a lot in our co-op, uh, dis- I mean, in our podcast discussion on it about the leveling system. Genius. I love the leveling system in this one. My big problem with it, and it's why it's at number eight, and, and you know, is this fair for it to be at number eight? Whatever. It's our list. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. you know, it's also my biggest problem with it in the, uh, in the review. I got a review copy of this, but I have to consider how much it costs. And I just think it is a silly, sillily low amount of content and variety for the price. The base game, for sure. For the oh base game. That's what I mean. Well, and I, th- yeah, I think the expansions are even worse, right? You get like a single boss or two and like one or two extra scenarios for like 80 bucks, right? Isn't that what each expansion Well, I think is? the big thing is you get more like 
guy army guys to drop down. Well, that's true. Yeah, I, I guess their variety does quickly increase with even one or two of those boxes. But th- this is a really well-designed game. I don't think it's worth $180. I don't think it's worth $260, which is probably where you're going MSRP to get like enough for it to really it to have viable replayability for a long, long time. So, yeah, I, mean, I think it's a great design. I did get above Cloudspire and Dawn of the Desert Root, like some of my favorite games, but uh, I, I just could not put it any higher, and it's not in my collection anymore because I didn't love it that much, and I didn't want to spend more money on it. And we'll get to more of that discussion because it did end up in my collection uh, when I get to it, which won't be that far from here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my number eight, and I'm I'm guessing this might be even in your top two games, is Zombie Kids Evolution. Oh, interesting. It is a great design. If you have small kids, it is a super great game. I would understand why Mike might even have it as his top game of the year. I'll doubt it because he doesn't typically go for light games at the top of his list, but it is super good. My kids enjoyed it when we played it, but it got repetitive for me after a while. Like, even though they kept adding content and content and content, it wasn't enough for me to to put it any higher on my list than this. Like the games above it, and it's funny because, you know, you talked about Escape the Dark Sector not having enough content, but the story was there for me. Where here, the gameplay just felt repetitive. It felt like grindy. Don't get me wrong. Each game was only 15 minutes. But, I mean, I think it says something that I never even made it through the full campaign. I thought a lot of it was clever. I think it, I still think it's clever to this day. I would still highly recommend this game. Probably highly recommend it more than some of the games higher on my list. But for me, it just kind of fell flat after a while, and I just didn't have a desire to bring it back to the table. There were games that were much more exciting for me to get to the table. All right. My number seven is Aftermath, so just a bit higher than you. And I guess this is kind of a dungeon crawler, so this is the best that a dungeon crawler did on my list. I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything Peter said, but I was lucky in that when I was reviewing it before like people had their copies, I had uh, Jerry Hawthorne like on Facebook answering my, some of my questions, and then all the times I played a co-op, clearly I was teaching the game, so we didn't have any rules issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? So sure. I, I didn't have that same negative experience. But Peter's right. The rule book is not good. Like, not even slightly good. Uh, but if you take that aside, like I said, for a dungeon crawl to really work for me, I tend to want to have something additional going on. And this one, I really like the card play mixed with like little bit of dice rolling, but pretty manageable dice rolling. And it's pretty predictable how it'll go. I think the story was really cool. The theme was good. I don't usually care about components, but these miniatures really blew me away because they did like this wash effect on them. So they looked really nice. Yeah. So uh, this is a nice one. It does have limited replayability and the rule book sucks. So it's only at number seven because I was able to get past those things. But um, I I think it's fair for it to be like way lower for someone who uh, doesn't have the same kind of uh, ease of getting through the rule book, the bonuses that I had available to me. Sure. And I bet if there was an FAQ and a RADA out right now, I would have a much better time playing it. I was just in that weird spot where none of that had come out yet. And, you know, people are just randomly answering questions on BGG and you're hoping yours is up there. And if not, you have to put it up. It's just a really weird time in a game's life cycle when I got into that game. And I felt that hurt it for me as well. Like if there was a a good FAQ in Arata, I probably would have not been as frustrated. I mean, I think the reason I stopped playing that game is I knew when I played the next mission, I was going to have like 10 rules questions and I didn't want to deal with it. Well, yeah, and, and that's one that I think they do have an errata now, but it's still too short. That's one that they really just, I mean, they just need to rewrite the rule book. Somebody else needs to write the rule book. Like, I don't say that very often, but it's just not, it's not a viable resource to play the game, you know? No, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
All right. So my number seven, very similar to exactly what you said about it and very similar to Zombie Kids Evolution is Escape the Dark Sector. It made it a little bit above it for me because of the story elements to yeah. it. I think the story is great. The gameplay is nothing to write home about. It also gets boring and repetitive, although I love that combat system. And I think people are kind of torn on it, whether they like it or not. I'm not sure that I love the the shooting combat system, which is weird to say because the other combat system is literally just roll a dice, match the symbols, and like remove those dice from the pool but it's consistently fun and exciting right like every role matters and you have like just the vaguest you're like well i know this is more likely should i go for it or not (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i mean it's satisfying the story satisfying on it for me that's what put it above zombie kids evolution because i think gameplay wise they're actually not similar but similar weight to them and certainly escape the dark sector is a lot longer per game so it should be worse for me but the story just stood out to me and i can still remember some of my games of it and maybe it's because it's recent but i remember thinking the same about escape the dark castle it's so stupid like i mean there's this game should not appeal to me but it does for whatever reason i just have fun playing it so this is probably the first one on my list where i can say that about the ones below it, well, maybe Zombie Kids Evolution as well. Like, I don't know. I, most of them I would not play again. Unless somebody's like, do you really want to play this? That shows how different this year is because you said you're more negative on the year. Because I would go all the way down to my number 13 and say I'd be happy to like set. Well, maybe not because Forgotten Waters takes so long. But definitely my number 12 all the way down to Escape the Dark Sector and I'd still be happy to play it. Well, all right. So let's look at these. I would play my 17, of course, Team 3. I'd play Marvel United again if it became more interesting somehow. I would play Hero <laughs> Realms because it's short enough. I would play Cloudspire in the right situation. So a slide quest I'd actually look forward to playing. So maybe I'm not being honest when I say that. Okay. But, so yeah, it sounds like more and, I mean, more none of them then. endangered I might play again. I don't remember anything about it. Like I would probably like I, it. I think you would like it if you played again. <laughs> yes. So I mean, who knows? That's why this it's such a weird year for me. Nothing nothing sticks out. Uh, like I said, I, I would take my top five games of last year probably more than I mean most of these games. Well, you've certainly been playing Marvel Champions, which was what your number one last year. I know. Well, we'll talk about oh no, oh, yeah, no, no, We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I just yeah, yeah. We're going to get to that Never at mind. the end of the episode, like how <laughs> things how things changed. Uh, I don't even remember what it was last year. I, think I, I remember what it was. You, you remember what it was if you think it's literally. No, it, no, I know what my number one is. Uh, I don't remember where Marvel Champions fell. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was number two. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, this year's list. Uh, my number six, is, a couple above you, is Zombie Kids Evolution, and <laughs> this is such a weird one because if I rate my enjoyment of playing that game, it would be like. <laughs> 16 it would be behind hero realms above marvel united but my kids were so into this and my family was so into this we played through the entire campaign and the bonus content beyond that that's a bit of a spoiler sorry and colin who was four at the time he was playing it when we went for uh, what was it like i don't know easter well no what was it gosh which holiday could it have Probably been easter. with this year no because easter would have been during covid what did it be? Valentine's Day? <laughs> I don't know, man. But anyway, well, yeah, when we went uh, down for some holiday gathering, I played with like my uh, my wife's parents. Like everyone loved this game. Everyone wanted to play it. Unlocking, you know, like opening those envelopes. It was like all the fun of Legacy in like little ten minute bites. So yeah, I cannot recommend this one. This is why it's my number six because like it it was such a joy just to play with my family more. You know? Yes, and and I think it's great for all of that. 
I totally yes. agree with that. And, and they have Zombie Teen Evolutions coming out this uh, coming year. Well, I guess this year. This is airing in 2020. It's already out. Oh, is it already out? I saw out? it in the store. Oh, correct. Well, yep. I, well, I'll have to get it and see how that is. But yeah, like, I mean, I, I can't recommend this one highly enough if you have kids. You know what I mean? Like, just... And how old are your kids? Let's put this in perspective a little bit. So they were four and seven when they were playing it. Yeah, and mine were nine and 12, I guess, or eight and 12. Yeah, so I think that's a little bit old for it. I think, like, under 10 is probably the sweet spot getting into it, you know? Right, and my daughter liked it more than my son did for sure, although they were both pushing for it quite a bit. And then, again, when it fell off the table, though, they never they never mentioned it again. Sure, I mean, we, 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 we churned through it in probably a month playing a couple games a week. But we, we, we play, yeah, I pulled it off with everything unlocked. I haven't gotten rid of it yet. We pulled it out uh, like a couple of weeks ago and they were, they had fun again. Colin played it with us again. So it's got a little bit of legs. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure if I pulled it out again, I would have fun with it. I just, I got burnt out playing it as in succession. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like that, that's why for my enjoyment, it would be up at like 16. Cause when they were like, yeah, let's play it four times a row. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's nothing here, <laughs> you know, for that much play. <laughs> right. And it's my number eight. So it's not much you sure. know, behind where you were with it. Oh man, we're really getting down to it. All right. So my number six, you didn't like it because of the length. I don't, I mean, it's not a game I'm going to pull out all the time, but I certainly had so much fun and so many laughs with this game. And I don't remember a game that has given me that in this way in a long time. And that's Forgotten Waters. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. People who know me know I like games that I can pull them out and I don't have to relearn the rules every time. It's a game that is so easy to play. This one could have had a four page rule book. It didn't, but it could have. And I think it could have gotten away with that. The app is so good. The integration is so good. Yes, it's way too long for what it is. And no, I don't want to get it back to the table right after I've done playing it again. But what's it been? A month, two months since we played it? I would play it again now. You know what I mean? Like I would want to play one more mission, one more mission. So it is a game that I think you're going to get some good value out of. I think the story is great. And again, you don't have to be with funny people. This game just becomes funny. If you put, you know, it's like Mad Libs. You put anything kind of funny in there and it becomes funny and it becomes a running joke. And I think they do a real good job of bringing that in and bringing it together. And it's a game that almost anybody could play. You really don't need to be a gamer to play this game. The decisions aren't that hard. So, but for the sheer enjoyment and laughs I got out of it, Forgotten Water is my number six. I mean, I 100% agree with you for the first hour of gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Which I would imagine is kind of similar for you too, right? <laughs> yes. Well, the nice part is that the app doesn't have any memory. So if you leave it set up on your table and go away and start the app up again, you just put the next number yeah, in that's it true, and you that's can true. keep going. So, I mean, I am lucky enough to have a game table, and I think maybe that's part of it, too. You know, we'd play it an hour a night. We did not play yeah, for three straight that, hours, that and we did not made stop. It better. And, and to be fair, they it, do even recommend at the halfway point that you take a break. So it's yep. kind of your own fault if you push through like I did. <laughs> yeah, but I had fun playing it. And, and as we bo- as we all said that day, because there were three of us on that episode, I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, for all that, it was good for me. You know, not the top of my list, but my number six. All right, so I know what the five games are left that could be yours. Uh, can you guess what my number five might be? Huh. So there's three that neither of us have mentioned, and then there's two that I haven't mentioned that you've mentioned. I'm going to say The Crew, because I'm shocked that The Crew is this high for you, to be honest. No, it's not The Crew, but uh, that's coming. Uh, it is Atlantis Rising 2nd Edition. Okay. So, so this is, uh, yeah, but like I, I think this is a great game. This is like... My top five are where, like, all five of these are games that are in my collection. I don't see going away for a long time. I backed the expansion for this one. Um, that's also something that's true of most of these games that are coming. 
I think this is a really good one. It does have the one negative that you can lose your actions and it can be frustrating. You have to go in with the right mindset. But yeah, I, I think like the way you cooperate, the like worker placement, cooperative worker placement is tough to do and this game does it well. The managing of resources, the uh, theme, the variety is nice. And I think with the expansion, adding like the monsters and different modules you can do, I think it's going to be great. So yeah, uh, Colin, big thanks to him for recommending this one. Uh, I think this is a really solid one, Atlantis Rising. All right. Do you have a guess for me then? Because you said you know my five. Yeah, I would. Let's see. I would say, I would say Dawn of the Zeds for five. No, no. It's actually Planet Apocalypse. Oh, interesting. I, I thought that'd be a little bit higher. I thought that'd be four or three. I mean, maybe if I had played it more and I bought two expansions, you said there wasn't a lot in the base game and I agree with you. And that's why I got two expansions for it. And I have not busted them out. Of <laughs> so that, that, that's a bit telling, I guess. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, it is to some degree. And I look at them I'm like, why did I buy those expansions? In, in all honesty, that's where my mind goes. Not I'm super excited to get back to the table. And, and maybe that's just my mindset for this year. And maybe it's COVID and maybe it's being trapped inside. And you know what? If you guys had been coming every week and playing, that would certainly be one I'd want to get to the table. But I don't know. I mean, Solo playing with my kids. I'm I'm not sure that they loved it enough for me to to do it with Planet Apocalypse, and certainly it hasn't made it to the table, and so that's part of it. I, I do like the game, though. I agree with you 100. It is not worth 180 bucks or whatever else. I never, we never would have bought this game. So it's weird to be this high on my list because I don't know that I can recommend that people buy it. I think people will really enjoy it if they do. I remember a lot about the game. I remember a lot of the stuff I liked about it. I love recruiting troops. I love running around, um, but it didn't quite have the story that Dawn of the Zeds did. And when we get to Dawn of the Zeds, that's why that was a little higher, and, but it felt very similar to yeah, me. Yeah. Those two actually feel very similar. And and yeah, you'll see in a minute that uh, Dawn of the Zeds kind of eked it out because of the story, but go ahead and get to your number four before we get to mine. Well, yeah, and real quick, just on the price. I mean, it's interesting to compare like, I believe the MSRP for the base game of Planet Apocalypse is 120, I think. And like that, that's about the same or a little bit more expensive than a Too Many Bones base game. And both of those are games that can be considered expensive. But man, there's a lot more gameplay in Too Many Bones. <laughs> Even like Peter doesn't like Too Many Bones, I think he has to admit. There is way more going on <laughs> in the Too Many Bones base set, you know? Oh, absolutely. But I wouldn't pay that for either. Well, yeah, no, no, I get, I get that, I get that. All right, so my number four is uh, what you guessed for my number five. That is The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine. And yeah, so Peter, Peter is surprised because every time we play this, I get so frustrated <laughs> with the game. I mean, don't watch our play the other night. You were super negative that night. I mean, and that's how I feel every time I play it because I like trick-taking games. I like cooperative trick-taking games, but The Crew is just so random. Like, so much of whether you win or lose a hand is based on the flop of the cards, you know? And the thing is, I, I've only played it like five times in person. Every other play has been online. So how would I feel if I had to shuffle the cards over and over again and deal them out over and over again? Like dealing would take more time than the shuffling, really. But that being said, gosh, we've played it a lot. And every time we play it, we play like 10, 15 games in a row. And and I love that it is a, you know, three plus player trick taking cooperative game. I wouldn't recommend it for two player, but it's just a beautiful thing no. that 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 exists, you know, because <laughs> Fox in the Forest, I really like, but that's only two player and the crew is much more flexible in that. And Well, I think we made a mistake the other night. I think this is a game where you have to base the level that you're going to play on where you are for that night. 
we yeah. were like, well, we've played all the earlier levels. Let's just crank it up to 40 and start at 40. Yeah, and, and there were a lot of – we were making a lot of mistakes, so I guess our brains weren't really there yet. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it more when I get to it, but I mean, you could probably guess my number four since I just kind of said it nudged out oh, yeah. Planet Apocalypse, and that's yes. Dawn of the Zeds. Yes. <laughs> I agree with you that it is a much, much better solo game than it is a cooperative game. But at the same time, I had fun playing it with my son. I had fun. I don't know that I'd want to go more than two, right? But I will tell you, of all the games I played this year, my best memories are from Dawn of the Zeds. I think it puts you in a headspace and the story it tells is so good and the zombie fighting is so good and each character is so unique and they have their own stuff. And like, I'm just getting excited thinking about it. I think at two players, this game plays really, really well. And yes, you're not controlling your own character, but you know, we split it up and it does what a lot of good cooperative games do, which is encourages discussion. And unlike some of these games, I mean, we talked about it two weeks ago with Kingdom Rush. Sometimes the discussion leads to alpha playing. And I think Quirky Circuits is the same where you get mad at people. I didn't feel that way with Dawn of the Zeds. I kind of felt like it was kind of loose enough that it's like, well, I'm going to probably fail anyway. So it doesn't really matter what we spend our actions on. And if you fail the action, well, we'll just spend another action on doing it again or whatever else. And so because of that looseness with the actions and the fact that it was so random that, you know, there wasn't really making a right or wrong call. I mean, sometimes there is, of course, but... I didn't mind it there and there wasn't hostility or tension in, in those decisions. And so because of that, I actually think it's a really good two player game as well. And you know, it's interesting. I probably should have ranked Dawn of the Zeds higher because I haven't actually had a bad cooperative experience with it. I've just played it more solo and I feel like it should be bad co-op. Right. But, <laughs> but what you're saying is really, really makes sense. Like maybe I just got too afraid of what it might be. Cause yeah, you're right. Like when when I played a co-op, we just we talked a lot and it was fine. And and and, and yeah, it's like I mean, I, I might miss the shot and die anyway. So who cares if it's not the quote unquote correct move? Let's just do it. You know what I mean? So right, exactly. You just have to pick something and do it with that game. And and I mean, some of the stuff is so cool and so obvious anyway. Like the combos you have, like with the character that just runs in and destroys yeah. stuff <laughs> and then ends up killing themselves. I I called her Bouncing Betty, but I think it's Bounding Betty. Like, I mean, it's just so fun. You, it's like, okay, there's some, there's a line of Zeds here. Yeah, we're sending Bounded Betty in, right? I mean, like, you know, it's the kind of decision you can make as a group pretty easily. And it's like, oh, I think we should do this and this. Yeah, but can we also do this? Yeah, let's do that too. You know, you have enough actions that, that I think it, it works out fine. All right. So I, I won't officially change my list, but that's one that we'll say is higher <laughs> in, in like sure. the real life. All right. So what do you think? And it should maybe even be higher than me after talking about it. Now I put it lower because of the co-op, but uh, maybe that should have moved up on my list. Right, too. Well, we definitely have to play this on streamed very, very soon. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would. I mean, I love that game. I would be totally into that. All right. Uh, what do you think my number three is? Let's see. So we got kingdom rush left. We've got endangered left for you. And we've got quirky circuits left for you, right? That, that's accurate. Those are the three. So I'd say endangered. That's right. Nice call. Because I know you love quirky circuits. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. I'll be totally honest that I remember the game well, unlike you. But and my son loved it. Like that definitely helps quite a lot. And my wife loved it. Uh, like both of them loved it. So it's definitely got that family edge going on. And I love dice placement. But I'll also say that. I ordered the expansion and the base game only has two different animals. And that's where a lot of the variety in the game comes in, like the majority of the variety. And then I bought the uh, giant panda expansion. So that's three, but the expansion I pledged, I think is going to have like 10 new animals. 
So right. would this be number three if I hadn't bought the expansion? And, and I'm kind of doing it like aspirationally, like what I think it will be rated. So maybe that's not entirely fair. Maybe I should switch it in Dawn of the Zeds and Dawn of the Zeds is third and this is uh, 10. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Right. Um, I really, really like the core gameplay of this one and my family really enjoys it. And I think with the expansion, it's going to be a like major keeper for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is fair to put it third. I certainly have not played it as much as The Crew or Atlantis Rising, for example, but I think it could be there. So that's where it is for now. It's endangered. Well, I mean, and that's okay. Like Marvel Champions last year. I mean, we'll talk about this when we do a, a refresh, but I mean, I felt the same way. I rated it. I decided to rate it lower and not rate it on the promise where you decided to rate it on the promise. And I think that's okay too. Sure. And, you know, as long as you're being honest with what you, why you're doing it that way, I think that's fair. And to be honest, it'll probably be higher for me when we get more factions and when I get to play it, you know, with more gamerly people who are actually enjoying what they're doing. Whereas I don't think a lot of, you know, I, my experience is jaded by the people who played it with me and none of them liked it. Right. So. Yeah. And, and, and literally everyone in my family liked it. So it's, yeah, it's, that's it. Right. With COVID, that is a major difference in game play experience, you know? Yeah. I think my family was just upset when the, I, I'm starting to remember this now. Like my family got upset as the animals kept dying and all they wanted to do was breed the animals and put more and more on the board. I'm like, but that's not getting us where we need to yeah, go. Yeah, here. That makes sense. So I think I, I got frustrated too, because they were doing what they wanted to do, which is great and what they should do, but it didn't lead toward victory. Yes. It didn't move us in in the right direction. So I had to do all the boring stuff. And maybe that's part of my experience as well. It's, you know, like playing Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Yeah, if, if you're the one putting out all the fires and they get all the <laughs> hostages. <laughs> yep. And so that's the way it was with Flashpoint Fire Rescue. And that's the way it was with this game as well. Now for Flashpoint, it didn't taint me as much as it did for this game. But for some reason it did in this one where I was doing like the, the heavy lifting and they were doing kind of the fun stuff. It's coming back to me now. It's coming back to me. <laughs> All right. I think you're number three. I'm going to go with Kingdom Rush because I know you were a little concerned about the co-op specifically in our review two weeks ago. No, it's actually Atlantis Rising. Oh, that was my second guess. All right. Dang it. <laughs> and I'll be honest. This is another one. There are moments that stick out to me about this game. And I remember liking the worker placement. And I remember liking the tiles flipping. And I remember liking, you know, gathering resources is very Euro-y in that ma- fashion, which actually surprises me that you liked it so much because you're doing actions to, like gather resources and stuff like that. But, but it doesn't feel I mean, it's totally Euro. I see the Euro mechanics, but it doesn't feel Euro. It feels exciting. You know what I mean? Sure. And like you roll dice and you it's dice placement. So this does not have a strong memories for me and i did not play it much co-op either i'll be honest i played it more solo than co-op but i could see that it would be good just as good co-op you know what i mean so i I don't have as good a feel for this one as most of the others so this one has a lot of room for movement for me but i remembered enjoying everything i was doing and in fact this is another one we could do on the stream channel because this one has a tts yeah yeah and it's pretty well done yeah because we played it at one point So again, this one has a lot of room to move for me. I don't think I played it as much as most of the games because I don't even think I was on this review with you, was I? No, I think... No, uh, you and Jeremy. Yeah, it was me and Jeremy Howard from uh, Man vs. Meeple. Yeah, so I didn't have to play it the six to ten times that I normally would. And so I don't think I played it that much. So this one certainly has a lot of room for maneuvering for me. But from my memory, I I think it's pretty fair here. Maybe I would have switched it with Dawn of the Zeds and put it down to four. But I think it's pretty fair for this list. All right, well, I'm pretty sure my number two is your number two. Okay, so that must mean Kingdom Rush because... Uh, Cause, yeah, because <laughs> your number two is... It's, 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 it's not... 
is not on my list well, anywhere yes. <laughs> near this high. Yeah, Kingdom Rush is my number two. Uh, we just reviewed it two weeks ago. I think it is, it's is—it's been very solid for me co-op. Uh, my son likes it a lot. I think I, I slightly prefer it solo because I can push that difficulty level up to a kind of really high extent. And then the puzzle becomes super delicious. But it's nice that I can put it on easy mode and not really worry about it and give my son all these great towers. And I just think like the little puzzle there is great. The polyomino is a lot of fun. Uh, he's been playing a lot of Isle of Cats competitive with me. So then like doing Kingdom Rush and working together, but still doing the same polyomino stuff is definitely enjoyable. So yeah, this is a good one for me. And I'm assuming it's your number two. Is that right, Peter? That is not correct. No sir. way. You just said you didn't <laughs> like co-op that much in Kingdom Rush. And then you're putting it above the crew? I, I, we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Okay. But right. yeah, no, the crew is a great game. I love it. And, and my top two, high recommends for both of them. Really high recommends. Like, unlike the rest of my list where I'm not so sure. I mean, I guess Dawn of the Zeds also. But, oh, I've had so much fun with the crew. And I see all your points and I see all your weaknesses. Similar, it's funny because we played this the same night we played Cthulhu Death May Die. And I see all your points and weaknesses for that too. And I just don't care for either of them. I really don't. It doesn't bother me. I don't know why. Like, yeah, I get there's some repetitive stuff, but for me, those are sometimes pros. Now, not in the crew. So uh, that's Cthulhu Death May Die, the repetitive stuff. For me, it's a pro because I don't have to relearn stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to do stuff again. It's, it's not like Street Masters where you got to like completely learn 15 rules to understand the scenario you're playing. Exactly. I love, you know, you're like, oh, the boss is the same every time. I love that. I love going and getting to kill the boss and just the little differences between them every time. And and that stuff is fun for me. And it's not going to be fun for everybody. It's funny because, you know, you talk about repetitive in some games and it bothers me. It doesn't in that game. And the crew is very similar. I see all your weaknesses that you point out in it. The fact that it's swingy, it can be lucky, but I I don't know. It's First of all, I played a lot of trick-taking in my life. So I really like trick-taking games. The other thing, though, the only thing that bothers me, and I think once we started talking more when we were playing on the stream, it didn't bother me as much, is when people misplay because of obvious open information. Right. You know, because you just weren't looking at the 50 places. And it's more of a problem as you go later in the game. The higher up levels you go, you can miss stuff, right? It's like, okay, I got the five and the seven. Well, I'll just play the five here. Oh, wait, no, this person needed to take the five. So we just started talking about that. It's like, hey, you can't play the five here and you can't play the whatever, but it's all open information that's on the table just to make that person's decision-making process become a little bit easier. Or, hey, we need this person needs the five. So if you have it, it's a good time to play it. You know, again, some people might not like that level of talking, but I don't mind it in that game because it's all open information. I don't view that as alpha gaming. For me, it just hits a very sweet spot. I really like it. I enjoy it a lot. Not enough to be my game of the year. And I have I have concerns with Kingdom Rush too. We'll get to them when we get there. But, you know, I'll explain why it's my game of the year when we, when we get to it in a second. All right. Yeah, I mean, the crew was number four for me. I clearly play it all the time. <laughs> Yes. I just get angry while I do. Um, (laughs) Yes. So speaking of uh, angry, this is, I mean, like, really, this is the only game, the only game that we had major differences on. I don't think we were more than like five places apart on any other game on our list. I mean, this is 18 for me and one for you. This is is a huge gap. Yes. So this, this is, and, and I get that. This is, I would say this is probably the most polarizing game on this list. And not just for us, yeah. I can just see the potential there for anybody, you know? Yep. But yeah, Quirky Circuits is my number one. I adore this game. I love this game. 
I love programming games. Space Alert was one of my top games for such a long time. And Quirky Circuits has in many ways fired Space Alert because it is so much easier to get to the table, so much easier to play with different player counts. And I won't even say... I mean, Space Alert does have better variety because it's kind of infinite in all the way the cards can come out and when they come out. But Quirky Circuits, the huge differences in how you play the four different robots, and then even like the scenarios at the end that kind of combine some elements from them. And I love limited communication. I love chaos and like the goofiness and laughing about it because I am able to laugh at it clearly. <laughs> Peter and Derek were not able to laugh at it. No. And and uh, and I love programming, and I just think it's like a really clever design, and it's clean, and, and it uses, uh, you know, uh, this was also in uh, Aftermath, because this is another plaid hat one, but it has the little storybook, and setup takes 10 seconds, and it tells you where everything is, and it reminds you of all the rules right on the page, so it's just in, like an easy game to get into. So yeah, this is a, I, I adore this game. I, I took the time to design a solo variant for it that I think works stupidly well, like it's, <laughs> with how simple the rules are, it should not work this well, but it does. But even if I take that away and just play it co-op, this is a favorite game of mine this year. Well, it was weird for my top 20 for my YouTube video because since I did the solo variant and that was part of my enjoyment in it, I put it all the way at number 11. But if I had not self-imposed that rule that I wouldn't put something I'd done a variant for lower, it would have been in my top five for the year, even with all like the competitive and solo stuff thrown in. So yeah, uh, Quirky Circuits, I love that one. But I totally get why Peter doesn't and I... And I this is one of those ones that I won't recommend everybody like Cloudspire. It's like, maybe you'll like it. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but I love it. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I see all your points with the game and I totally see why people would love this game. And the fact that it's 18 on my list, you know, usually when it's that low and especially in a year that I think is a down year right. personally, in a down year, you would think this is a terrible game and I don't think it's a terrible game. In fact, I mean, I think it's better than most of the games on the list. To be honest, I just, it's my personal feeling about the game that I, you know, where I put it that low. But if it was game design, ranking it on that, I think it would be much higher on my list. Probably not number one, but I think it would be much higher. It's just, I think it is. It's a polarizing game. People are going to love it or hate it. I can shrug off some games like The Mind and laugh about it. And for some reason with Quirky Circuits, I can't. And I don't know why. And I don't know why I've had frustrating experiences. And it might be, have you ever had those people in your life well, you just can't talk to them. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, it's always awkward. Like, for whatever reason, and I'm in sales. I talk to everybody. But there are some people in my life that you go up to them and every time it's a weird conversation. And I feel like that's quirky circuits for me. And maybe it's because you go in with apprehension or something like that. But I don't know what it is. But it's just something personal that that we have that we just don't mesh. I don't begrudge you for putting it at the top of your list at all. I don't think we've ever played this two player, right? No. And and I will but say, gosh, we played it with Jerry and I will never forget that. night. Yeah, I mean, um, I thought we were going to get in a fist fight. I am a little <laughs> curious because I've mostly played a two player and then sometimes three player with like my wife and son after they had both played it. And we were kind of already in sync a little bit. Well, and you also played some face up and I never did that. And maybe that would have made things easier just to understand what even the possibilities sure, are sure. and kind of get ourselves in sync a little bit. Well, yeah, no, like when I teach it to like my kids and, and again, like I, this always happens, right? Like with lots of games, we make assumptions about how the gamers will do and then lead to like really bad game experiences because we should have done the thing that we thought was like only for kids. So yeah, like right. this is the kind of game where you should play multi, like a couple stages, all the cards face up and just be like, let's understand how you move. 
and understand why you might not play a straight card here because you don't have it. Right. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe you shouldn't do that yet. Wait till we move at least one more space so the turn makes sense and we're not just spinning around and getting frustrated. I'm going to start yelling now. Yes. Yeah, so, so this is one I think <laughs> I'd like to play just you and me sometime. And I'd also like to let you borrow it and have you play my solo variant. I think you might enjoy that. Sure. Well, I mean, I'd have nobody to get Except mad at yourself. myself. And I think. <laughs> I think that would be okay. I think that would be okay. <laughs> All right, but uh, tell us about Kingdom Rush, which uh, my number two, your number one. Now, now, by the way, this is totally unfair. It's totally recency bias. You just visited the last episode we did. <laughs> I mean, it might be. In all fairness, it might be. I mean, if it's the game I played the most this year, it's the crew. And maybe there's a little something in me that like, you know, you were frustrated the last time we played the crew. So it wasn't as good an experience. Well, let, let's be fair. I, I've had that kind of reaction to the crew the last like five times we've played it. Oh, Absolutely, but we keep playing it. Yep, so for sure we do. Knows? I mean, so at the same time, which one's going to have more lasting power? The crew, almost no question. For me and my family, my kids love that game. And that's another thing. Like, I've enjoyed it most of the times I've played it. And even the times I had less than the most enjoyable time, I still really enjoyed myself. Even the other night, I was having fun with it. I was laughing. It doesn't bother me in that game because I do know sometimes you get in, it's just going to be impossible to win. And you just laugh about it. Although the other day, we had two ones as you know the first and second tricks you had to take and two nines of the same color as the last two you had to take. That's my play with Steve and Jerry. It's on the channel. It's levels one through 15. We're on level 15 and somehow we pulled it out. And so it's moments like that where it doesn't seem possible or feasible that make that game great to me. It's like pulling off those impossible hands. Now, granted, later on, it's much harder to do because if you get like 20 numbers, like it's way harder to like, <laughs> if you don't have it, you just don't have it. Well, but, but Peter, how, how about Kingdom Rush? <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yes. Let's talk about Kingdom Rush. What do I love about Kingdom Rush? I love polyominoes. I love the puzzle. I think it's great. I don't know how you do so well at it. You're like, you can increase the difficulty level. No way. I'm putting down the difficulty level as much as I can on that game. And I still have to play through it two or three times. There are certain games in your life that like, I love through the ages. And I know I'm talking about everything but Kingdom Rush here, but <laughs> I mean, they kind of they kind of tie together. I'm no good at through the ages. I, I like I can play with Jerry a hundred times and I will lose 99 of them and I'm I don't get better at it for whatever reason. I feel like it's similar with Kingdom Rush. I'm just I, I don't get better at the game and, and I lose the game quite a bit. And I thought it was just because it was hard, but apparently you're breezing through it. And I'm like, how can people ever play these higher levels? But I just don't care. It's so much fun. I have so much fun with that game. I love the polyominoes. I love the puzzle. I, I guess I just really like polyomino games. And so for me, and again, it might be recency bias here, but I just have fun playing it. And I have fun playing every mission. And I don't mind setting up and playing the next mission. And I never dread going to play it. And and maybe because my last two were lighter and maybe I'm I'm pushed off a little by just one being my game of last year. And maybe it should have been Marvel Champions last year. But I, I just have so much fun playing Kingdom Rush. And even with all the problems I have with it, it, it's just a absolutely super fun game. I find it to be a blast. And I like, you know, what you're doing at all times. And and it's not a complex game. And it's a game that I don't have to look up rules for. And, you know, I, I've, I don't find it a problem to just keep pushing forward and how they introduce little by little new concepts to the game. I will say the rule book's my only problem with the yeah, game. Yeah, it, it is a little weak, but... The good thing is they've actually, like, compared to uh, Aftermath, they were very quick to answer questions and, like, get on it right away, I think. 
Well, and there's a FAQ of five questions and they literally answer all this stuff. Because one of the uh, the weakest part of the rule book for me is victory conditions. Yep. And that's like the, the first thing in the FAQ. Because they say at some point, it'll tell you in the mission guide how to win each scenario. That's absolutely not true yep. at all. Yep. It does not tell you at all in well, the mission y- guide. You know why that's the first que- uh, answer in the FAQ? Because I emailed as while I was reviewing it. And I was like, dude, how do you win this game? And he was like, oh, that, that should be the first answer to the FAQ. <laughs> Yes, it should be. So apparently on page 14, it does say something like, if there's no other goal in the book, you do this. But literally, if you look at the beginning of the rules where where you would look for victory conditions, it doesn't tell you. They they literally lie to you. They say to look in the other book, and that is not true. You need to look on page 14 in the random section on portal enemies. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it's a little bit weird. But again, we've talked all around it. There, There are problems with Kingdom Rush. I don't think it's the best game ever designed, but boy, do I have fun with it. And that's the bottom line. Like, what do you want to come back to? What do you want to play more? I love the puzzle in that game. I love what it leads to. I love, there's just so many little things about the game that really stand out to me. And so for that reason, you know, it's my game of the year. Nice, man. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I think you'd agree with me on this list of five that we most strongly agree on and recommend. Kingdom Rush, The Crew, Atlantis Rising, Zombie Kids Evolution, if you have kids, and Dawn of the Zeds. That sound right to you? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, both of those were, and again, Dawn of the Zeds, I should have had higher. So th- those, all five of those were like our most consistent. And I think Planet Apocalypse might be in that group too. That was pretty Well, but neither list, of right? us says to buy it. <laughs> well, yeah, the price, the price. I mean, gosh. Like neither of us is actually recommending it to anybody. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean, the gameplay is is there, but yeah, the price is off on that. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I agree with those five. But actually, before we go any further, one game I should mention that actually probably would have been my game of the year if it qualified is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. That game is so good. I actually think it's much better than Gloomhaven itself, at least for me. I don't mind the less number of missions. In fact, I prefer that. The map book was such a huge innovation. That would have definitely been my game of the year if we had reviewed it this year. Unfortunately, you didn't get a chance to play it. But for me, that one actually was a standout along with those five that we just mentioned. All right. So did you want to spend a little bit of time talking about our list from last year? Yeah, let's talk about it. So my number five and your number five were the same. Cthulhu Death May Die. Although I think we've gone in opposite directions on them. I mean, no, I I would say it's probably still around the same. I don't remember what the other games around it were, but I would say it's probably still number five or number six of that year. I still think it's a really good design. I just don't love it, you know? Yeah, for me, it would probably move up to four. Yeah. Looking at this list. Okay, I can see that. Our number fours were the same too. Journeys in Middle Earth. No, no, that's our number threes. Oh, four for me was Greyport and for you, Pathfinder. Yeah. Is that your number one now? No. No, actually, of these, Greyport would probably be my number one. So, which wasn't even in your top five. Yeah, I think it might have been six or seven. I, I didn't go back that far. But uh, yeah, Path, Pathfinder, I actually played it in a while, but I'm still very excited to play it when I do. Although, for co-op, I like that one better for solo. I don't think I was thinking along those lines as much this uh, last year as I was this year. So, yeah, I, I don't know where Pathfinder would be. It might not be top five, but it'd be near there. But yeah, Greyport definitely would go from wherever it was to like top one or top two, probably. Yeah, it's probably number two for me on this list. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what your number one is, but Greyport is great. Like, I, I yes, I appreciate that game more every time I play it. Oh, wait, wait. Was Heroes of Tenefer last year? It was. Heroes of Tenefer would also be in my top five. I don't know where that was on the list, but it was... Wait, where was that? Did we review that last year? We did. I, I, th- I think for, I feel like for you, it was like 15 or something. <laughs> like, you didn't even care about it. 
<laughs> well, it, yeah, it was it was not on my radar. After playing it more, I definitely enjoyed it more. Yeah, so Tenefer would be top five for me. Uh, Grapeport would be top five. It, it would not be top five for me, but Tenefer would be up there. Okay. It would be in the top ten for sure. Now, we both had Journey to Middle-Earth third. I have no bad feelings about that game, but I certainly have not played it or cared about playing it since we reviewed it. My kids and I are watching Lord of the Rings right now. Okay. And so I do have desire to get it back to the table. But again, of this list, it's number five for sure. Yeah, I I don't think it would be in my top five. I think it probably would have fallen down with some of the other ones I'm adding. Well, sure. I I mean, Tenefer might have gone above it, but I I don't know. I've had fun every time I played it, so... I mean, I'm just personally off campaign games to an extent. So the fact that Tenefer, sure. we can throw, I can throw down and play it in an hour, and then Journey's Middle Earth, I got to play ten sessions. Like that definitely hurts it for me, you know. All right, so then we both had Marvel at two. That that has to have gone to your number one by now, right? That is my number one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is we become a Marvel champion stream channel <laughs> uh, because Terrence and I are loving it so much. We're playing every Friday. I mean, most of my one-off where I just kind of jump on and, and play something, it's usually Marvel champions. I know Allison is getting into it a lot, and so she and I are going to get on and play some Marvel champions, just you know, base decks right out of the box against some easier villains. But you know, it's something we're going to do some daddy-daughter time. So I'm looking forward to that as well that's awesome yeah i'm not sure where it would be for me because i don't I, I don't dislike it i still enjoy playing it although i don't love it co-op as much i kind of like it more solo yeah i think two-handed's the best yeah, yeah yeah so it might be at the bottom of my top five it would still be above death may die for example uh well for co-op yeah i think it would still be above pathfinder I think you were more swayed by my joy of the game, though. I think if it was your personal enjoyment or your personal desire to play it, it's probably not that high, right? Yeah, I mean, it it's just because be. I talk about it all the time. Yes. But, I mean, Tainted Grail would clearly still be my number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we all know that's not true. Yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, Tenefer or Greyport would be my number one probably on this list. And then Pathfinder would be chasing him a little bit. And then I, I can't remember what the other games were. Maybe there's some other hidden gem like Tenefer that I... I totally forgot about. Yeah, I mean, Greyport would definitely have moved way up for me too. Marvel Champions, though, I think my rating last year was actually correct for Marvel Champions. Like, I don't think it would have been my number one game last year. It's the stuff that's come out this year that has moved it up to my number one game. Yeah, that makes sense. If that makes sense. That does make sense. Because it was very limited. It was basically just the base box, maybe one or two more heroes. There certainly weren't any new villains that had come out. Or if there was, it was just Goblin. And Goblin 1 was awful. Like, truly awful. And Goblin Mutagen formula is better. It's actually one of my favorite villains to play against. But with the the limited content that was out last year, it would not have been my number one last year. So that's interesting. It might have been Greyport, you know, if I had to re-rate this. And Marvel Champions might have still been number two. Yeah, so... Definitely interesting to look back. Uh, clearly, I had more wrong than you did <laughs> in terms of my own. Uh, yeah, this one would still be four on this list. I mean, it wouldn't be one, but it would be four. And I, and I don't see it sliding any further back. Yeah. Unless Journey in Middle Earth is just great. And Tenefer is great on future plays. It might drop to six. But I mean, it certainly wouldn't drop any lower than that. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. Uh, cool. All right. Well, uh, there you go. A little bonus uh, look back. I'm kind of curious now to like look back at my like 2019 video and like re-rank them. Like not as a new video, just as like a something on Discord or something. I think it would be kind of fun, you know? 
here's what we're going to do. When we get the website up, we're going to have these lists and we can kind of look back and laugh at ourselves in the long run. I think, you know, I don't know that we're going to do it for every list, but certainly these year end lists, we certainly should go back and look at our rankings for them. And so next year, when the website is up, we'll have a lot better group of information and we can even look back further. All right. But for now, uh, we'll say, I I was going to say goodbye until the new year, but you're listening to this in the new year. So yay, we made it. (laughs) And uh, yeah. 2020 is over. Woohoo. Looking forward to 2021. And hopefully, man, Peter, hopefully we can play a game in person sometime this year because we have not since uh, March, I guess. No, we haven't. I mean, we've traded games back and forth, you know, so we've met and seen each other in person, but not for more than 30 seconds at a time. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, I mean, we have, uh, for those who don't know, we, we game uh, every Saturday pretty much like clockwork, and we've kept that going. Ton of uh, tabletop simulator and board game arena, <laughs> what have you. But there's a lot of games that we want to play that we can't play, you know. All right. Well, everyone, have a great 2021. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll do this again in a year. And I, I feel like... I don't think I'm going to look back at my list this year and be embarrassed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I look back at my list from last year. Well, not embarrassed, but you know, I look back at my list last year and I'm like, really? <laughs> That's really what I thought. I think, I think you're being harsh on yourself for tainted grail. Well, but, but here's the thing. I, I, I am frustrated with myself because I definitely looking at my list, no way was I rating my list on best co-op games. And maybe we didn't even have that well, sure. stipulation last year, but I wish I had because now it's kind of hard to compare this year to last year. Yeah, like sure. a, a bunch of the games I put there are not that great co-op, you know, like Tanny Grail. Uh. <laughs> well, but we didn't know that at the time. We actually enjoyed our, our co-op experience, yeah, I think. True. with, But it was Mission 1, right? Yeah. When you get to Mission 10, it's very different than Mission 1. That game accelerated in a way that made it more grindy and less fun as it went along. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, well, anyway, this is a long one. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.